0: Hello everyone, welcome to P.S. Blossom. Before we share this narrative with you all, we want to take the time to give a disclaimer. Some of the things discussed in this narrative may be considered controversial or sensitive. You might experience physical, sexual, or emotional reactions. We encourage everyone as they're listening to step away if needed. We're here to change the dominant narrative and normalize these types of conversations. Today on PS Blossom Story, we introduce Jasmine, the King of the South Walker. Sit back, prop your feet up, sip on an eggnog cocktail, and listen in as Jasmine shares with us the story of her first orgasm. This experience ultimately shaped her political pursuits and commitment to empowering women of color to be whole, happy, and grounded. This month and every month, we celebrate you dictating life on your own terms. You and your lived experiences are enough.
1: my first orgasm when I was about nine or ten years old. It was by accident one Saturday morning watching one of those exercise programs that they used to broadcast on cable. Eight more, keep it going. Eight, seven, six. I was a fat kid and the kids at school had started to tease me about it. So this particular Saturday morning, I was about to change all that because I saw an Oprah who my mother recorded every afternoon and watched when she got home from work that you had to eat right and exercise to lose the weight. I was excited because I caught it right at the beginning during the stretch. There was three skinny white women on my screen with leotards on. The one at the front had on a white and pink leotard, while the other two in the back had on darker ones. The skinny white woman in the front with the white and pink leotard said, March in place. I marched in place. She said, stretch her left arm in the air and reach over to the right. I stretched my left arm in the air and reached over to my right. And then she got down on the floor. I got down on the floor. And after a number of floor stretches, the white lady on the TV rolled onto her belly and instructed viewers to extend our legs behind us and lie face down, hip-width apart. I was then supposed to bring my arms up and rest on my elbows while my toes were pointed downward on the floor. She then instructed us to press our pelvis into the floor and hunt. When I tell you I was slow to release that position because I felt a spark in my privates that I had never felt before. That's what my clitoris was called then, a part of my privates, child. I slowly began to scoot a little up and down to continue making more sparks. I kept scooting and scooting some more until there was this sudden explosion of warmth and tingles that I didn't understand, but I knew I really enjoyed it. Thanks to abstinence-only sex education provided by Mississippi Public Schools, it would be another six years or so before I found out what I had done was called masturbation, and that explosion of warmth was an orgasm. From ages 9 through 15, I began to call the moves that culminated into the warm explosion, the, quote, exercise. And I would do it whenever there was an opportunity. I'd be on the floor watching my favorite TV show, and I'd get the urge scoop. I'd be reading a book, and I'd get the urge to stoop. I remember my mama called me once and said what I was doing, and I replied a little embarrassed, the exercise. She said, the exercise. I said, yes, ma'am. It's just this stretch I learned. She didn't press the issue any further. It would be one of my homegirls in the 10th grade who would explain to me what masturbation was. While my mom told me what and where my vagina was or stressed the importance of waiting until marriage to have sex, it was always my black girl peers who taught me the ins and outs of my body. I remember when I was in the third grade, my friend LaKeijer decided to teach myself and a few other girls on the playground this new cheer she learned, as she did occasionally. Hey I wanna teach y'all something. She called over to us while we were pushing each other on the tire swings. We got off the swings and joined LaKeedra to the left of the swing set in a shaded area. Okay, I'm going to teach y'all the words first, and then I'm going to teach y'all the moves after that. LaKeedra said while me and the other two girls said in unison, Okay, okay, here we go. She paused, put a hand on her hip, looked down for a second, and raised it and her finger in the air as if she had just got into character. She began to cheer. My boyfriend did me. He really, really, really bust my booty. He really, really, really scrubbed the ground. He really, really, really crisscrossed me down. He really, really, really swam through my ocean. He really, really, really drew me some motion. He really, 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 ooh, ah, ooh, ah. Get a girl. By the time Lakeidra began the ooh-ah part, she began to dance with her hands on her knees and back arched. Without much prompting or learning the full cheer, the other girls and I began to mimic Lakeidra's movements as we laughed and also began chanting, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. We learned the cheer and we would do it together every now and again and Lakeidra would teach more of the girls on the playground this year. To this day, I don't know who taught Lakeidra this year, nor do I remember adults intervening, except for this one time when I was trying to teach my little cousins at my grandma's house. My grandmother, who we all call Mo, who obviously overheard the lyrics, walks into our play area. She isn't angry, but she says in a concerned tone, is that what they teaching you over there at their schoolhouse? I was slightly embarrassed and replied, no ma'am. She looks down at me underneath her glasses and goes, will you sit down and do the lesson they gave you doing?" And me and my cousins promptly sat down and did our homework. Similar to my mother's reaction, no further conversation was had. Lakeidra was the first person who taught me how to twerk. And it would be in these spaces of play where me and other girls would put our hands on our knees and hump our backs up and down when we play games like Gigolo or Little Sally Walker. Then when Destiny's Child came on the scene, we would form girl groups and mimic the routines. It would be followed up with us laughing with one another or giving each other pointers and criticisms when necessary. I remember once at this church camp, somebody brought a radio and KP and NV Swing My Way came on. And when the beat dropped, me and the other girls in the church's gym all began to dance. One of the girls whose name I don't remember laughed at me and called me stiff. To be called stiff was the equivalent of being told that I couldn't dance. So whenever I had moments at home in my room, I would practice with my headphones in. I couldn't explain it, but in hindsight, like the exercise twerking just helped me feel good in my body. When I danced, nobody commented on what I looked like or monitored what I was eating. I felt most like myself. By the time I was in middle school, my parents would not give me permission to join the dance team. To clarify, I never asked in the first place because one, I already figured out that there were no fat girls like myself on the team. And two, my parents will comment every time how they didn't understand how any parent would consent to their girls being on the team with, quote, all these nasty men around. And concluded with, my child shall won't be up there like that. Despite their best efforts, keeping me from the dance team should have been the least of their worries, Because predatory men were predator, regardless of black girls, are like that or not. Limiting or even silencing burgeoning sexual expression limits the very healthy and basic aspect of being human. And when I look back on that time, I can clearly see that I was just curious and exploring my body, which is natural. But it was also a time where this patriarchal society was teaching me, a Black girl at the time, that men have the right to use me for sexual pleasure with or without my consent and expressing myself sexually put me in danger. And as a fat black femme, I was taught that I should be thankful for any type of sexual attention, even if it is unwanted. So in an attempt to assert more control over how people perceive me and my desirability, I found myself dieting and exercising before I'd even hit double digits in age. I also understand how my mother and grandmother's silence around my burgeoning sexual expression was also their way of protecting me. I would find out later that both of them had their own sexual traumas and silence is simply what they defaulted to because they were never equipped with the appropriate resources of safety. So like my mother and grandmother, sexual trauma also bound me and for a long time, I felt little satisfaction or peace in my body, and silence provided a false sense of comfort. Subconsciously, however, there was a part of me that sought to change that for myself when I was 23. I had grown an interest in Patricia Hill Collins' black feminist thought and was looking for what that theory looked like in everyday life of black people like me. And it just so happens that I found out that what I was looking for was called reproductive justice, on Black Twitter back when it was popping in 2011. According to In Our Own Voice, National Black Women's Agenda, reproductive justice is the human right to control our sexuality, our gender, our work, and our reproduction. Fascinated and desperately needing to be in this community. I finessed my graduate school program for the funding to quote unquote research an intern in an organization called Sister Song in Atlanta, Georgia. On my first day, I'm in the mother house where Sister Song's office is with a staff of mostly Black women and someone brought in a Black vulva puppet. You heard me, a Black vulva puppet or a stuffed anatomical model of the outer genitals that are assigned as female at birth. It was made of silk and velvet, and it was used to provide sexual health education that included information on how each of these parts can be used for pleasure. Mind you, this is the first time I'm living outside of the state of Mississippi, so I was shocked, but so relieved that I found a place committed to ending the violence and shame that Black women have endured and continue to endure in this society. That experience honestly changed the trajectory of my life. While my life didn't change instantly, within five years, I was able to get the courage to end an almost decade-long relationship with my rapist and, emu- and emotional abuser. And I was now equipped with the comprehensive sex education I needed as a child that included the importance of self-pleasure and masturbation. This, along with therapy, helped me to uncover the pleasure of my own company, reconnect me to my body, and come out as queer. Throughout this journey to fully embrace my truth, power, and pleasure, I have been able to remember the memories of my sexual exploration as a child that I had disconnected with and forgotten about due to my trauma. While forgetting temporarily protected me, it's been necessary to remember because those memories brought me back to my twerk practice. Surprisingly, in therapy in 2017, I learned that I had to be intentional with cultivating my joy and self-pleasure, even if it was just for 30 minutes in the day. And though I hadn't danced in almost a decade, I found my way back to a joy for me and my body as a big fine woman who twerks. This intuitive twerk practice led me to research culturally relevant alternatives to traditional therapy, and I found myself reading about post-apartheid South Africa. And it is this quote that stayed with me by Mandy Alexander. The one thing we have which the ruling system can never colonize is our rhythm. When we dance, we are not thinking about what we do not have what was taken from us, or the institutionalized feeling of being lesser than our white counterparts. We are enough and stand in our power through the music. Twerking within Black culture is more than just that Miss Miley Cyrus called herself doing to rebel against her daddy back in the day. It's a sacred practice for Black people across the diaspora, and especially for us here in the Americas. So, I realized that this wasn't a practice I wanted to continue alone, but wanted to share with others from my overflow. I started praise and worship to connect with Black women, films, trans, and non binary people to decompress, dance, laugh, radicalize, and affirm the importance of twerk in our culture beyond the imperial and hypersexualized gaze of the practice. And anyone under the sound of my voice, Who is listening to my story, I want you to know that it may not seem like it, but you deserve to be in the fullness of your sexual expression and pleasure without continuing to hold the shame or guilt that people you may or may not have loved intentionally or unintentionally instilled according to the Sexual Rights Initiative. Under international human rights law, all persons have the right to control and decide freely on matters related to their sexuality, to be free from violence, coercion, or intimidation in their sexual lives, to have access to sexual and reproductive health care information, education, and services, and to be protected from discrimination based on the exercise of their sexuality. In short, You were born, so you have the right to your sexuality, regardless of who you work for, where you worship, who you may or may not be laying next to, who your mama is, who your daddy ain't, or what your state tries to legalize. So I pray you challenge and resist any forms of sexuality or sexual pleasure that does not affirm your full humanity. And I pray everyone has the opportunity to reconnect with their truth power, and pleasure with the communities, programs, institutions, and policies to support you. And it can start by simply remembering the curiosity and exploration you started cultivating with your body before anyone taught you to dismiss or diminish it. Thank you for listening. I am Jasmine, the King of the South Walker, and you can follow me on Instagram at jazz J A Z on Y-A mine M I N E and you can follow my program Praise and Worship also on IG at praise P R A I S E and A N D worship T W E R K S H I P peace.